Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis Podcast Show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Aloha, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And as always, I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I am also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Program. This is my online holistic nutrition certification course, which is designed to take a student from the basics of natural nutrition all the way to the most cutting-edge areas of integrative health and lifestyle transformation. This program is really unlike anything else that's ever been available on the internet, featuring a comprehensive 70-video lesson curriculum, 55 bonus videos, a student community support group, and a monthly live video training with me personally, which is like doing a coaching session with me and hundreds of students from all over the world each and every month. This program has received incredible reviews and feedback from students of all backgrounds and all educational levels, such as the budding health experts and professionals to longtime holistic wellness enthusiasts, all the way to the complete beginner. There seems to be a lot here to offer to virtually everyone who has a keen interest in learning how to optimize their body, mind, and spirit through redesigning what they believe is possible, not only for their health, but ultimately for their life and the lives of those around them. And one more thing that sets this course apart from all others is that once you enroll, there are no hidden fees, no limitations on the content that you can access up front, and no time restrictions. This means that once you purchase the program, it is yours period. End of story. There's no six or 12 month time limitations with a continuation fee waiting for you at the end. This is a go at your own pace course that you can continue to access as a lifelong resource that will prove to be an investment into your education, into your health and into your personal growth that will bear fruit for years to come. So you can find more information and enroll into the Holistic Health Mastery Program at www.holistichealthmastery.com. So jumping into today's show, we are going to bring on Roger Drummer. And I brought on Roger Drummer to the show about how many months ago? I want to say about six or seven, maybe even eight months ago, I did an interview with him and it's episode number 30. So if you did not get a chance to listen to that podcast yet, I definitely recommend it sometime, make time to go back and listen to that because that was an incredible interview. And Roger Drummer is a master tonic Chinese herbalist, a Taoist Chinese herbalist and an expert in Chinese medicine. 
And this was just a really incredible interview, really great conversation that went in a few different directions. And the focus of this talk was really on bioenergetics, the bioenergetics of our body, our bio field, which is the field, the energetic field that emanates from our physical body. And there's a lot of different interesting scientific explorations that have been done to actually map out the metrics of our biofield and actually how our field affects the physical body. And I find that that perspective really, really fascinating. And it really speaks to the power of our emotional health, our mental well-being, and how things like stress or fear actually affect the physical body actually catabolize and cripple the health of our physical body and just kind of the chemical cocktail of cortisol that gets induced from states of fear and stress and worry and anxiety and all that kind of thing. So we definitely dived into a lot of that. And then we went into directions about explaining about how the brain works and just the health of the brain from a very practical, grounded, scientific perspective and also from an esoteric perspective as well. One of the great things that we were talking about that I think me and Roger both really vibe on is this perspective that the brain isn't really a storage container. It doesn't store memories. It doesn't store ideas. It actually is a transmitter. It's a transmission device, like a radio transit transmitter. And it's really just transmitting frequencies and frequency waves that, you know, we, we all hear about, um, we all hear about vibration and tuning into the right frequency. Well, that's a real thing. That's a real phenomenon. And that's really what our brain is actually designed to do. It's like a radio frequency transmitter. And when we tune into the right frequencies, then things work better in the physical body. Our brain works better. We're in the flow state. We're tapped in and tuned in and turned on. And so we dive into that and we went into many other areas as well. We even talked about Alzheimer's and how Alzheimer's is now considered uh, type 3 diabetes. So definitely a very interesting conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it a lot. So uh, without further ado, enjoy this conversation between me and Roger Drummer. It is a great pleasure and honor to have Roger Drummer back on the show. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good. Been through many shifts and twists and turns, as many of us do in life. And uh, I'm just really excited to be on the call with you. We were talking a little bit before... I started recording about some really interesting subject matter that I think is near and dear to my heart in terms of cognitive health and certain issues revolving around neurodegenerative conditions um, that you were really enlightening me about. And that's when I realized, like, wow, we really need to just, like, hit the record button and jump into this. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, how do we how do we start? Like, this is such a there's a there's a big topic that we're about to to unpack for the audience here. Um, I think the best place to start is where did your interest in neurocognitive and degenerative, I guess you could say, conditions and just the health of the brain um, stem from? I think that's a great place to start. Well, you know, um, I was working 
in the herb shop that I was in back in the 90s, the late 90s. And I was always considered someone that people brought complex problems to. You know, I just, I have a great intuition for certain things and, and getting down to root issues. But I had a couple of clients that they brought in their mom. I still remember this one lady brought in her mom and she had Alzheimer's. I'd never seen that before. And nobody was talking about Alzheimer's in the 90s. And so she brought her in. And all I could remember was that, you know, I I just have this picture in my mind from them that she looked completely clear and it didn't seem like there was anything wrong with her. And she could look right at you, but she couldn't piece together information. It was just, and I got the big impression right at that moment that things were just not connecting. There was not a connection going on. She was having a thought. It wasn't reaching the space it needed to be to express it. Mm. And so from that point on, I still remember the the lady's name that came in. But from that point on, I just had this curiosity about it. And this is how I usually do things, especially complex issues. Because I have a... uh, a very strong intuition or, or, and, uh, not, and I'm not talking about gut feeling. I'm talking about the, a higher intuition, which comes through meditation, that type of thing. Uh, I, if I have a problem that I need to figure out, but I don't, and I know it's beyond me, I just put it into my meditation or into my intuition that I want to learn about this and I'm open to being taught. And so along the way, I just start getting information just comes to me. At any time from reading a book, doing research on things, it's almost like I'm told to remember this one segment of it. And so I've been going through that ever since the 90s for it. And so... That's fa- that's fascinating. I just want to, I just want to um, maybe take a pause on what you just said because um, that is really an interesting idea is that I've thought about the brain as like a transmitting device. It's not really a storage device, right? It doesn't necessarily store information the way we think it does. It's more of like a transmitter. That's kind of how I think of it. And so we get like downloads or transmissions of information. And so what you just shared is super interesting to me where so many people are stressed out and they're trying to remember things, like remember someone's phone number, remember a piece of information, but you're literally taking it out of um you're you're not trying to remember something per se you're actually making yourself available for the right information to be shown to you yes and you know it's a it's a complex thing to figure out but i think one of the most important things i ever figured out and this comes from just studying um spirituality because you know i got into chinese herbs because i had a an amazing experience of a different reality after drinking some herbs, which is very unusual. You can't have that experience just <laughs> drinking herbs because there, there's nothing that alters your state, mm, Chinese mm. herbs. But if you're energetically in a position to make a leap at a certain moment, it can happen. And that's what happened with me. And so I started studying all kinds of healing techniques, all kinds of meditation. It didn't matter if it was Zen or Taoism, Buddhism, Sufis. Um, You know, I went through the whole gamut of things about meditation. And when you look at all those different modalities, they all come back to the fact that uh, you can have, you have an energy 
illuminated body and that it's part of it's part of who you are you're expressing a physical being here right and so you know my whole life i've been trying to figure out my experience i had in the early 90s and how i my entire life transformed so everything i've done from that moment is figuring that out and along that way uh, nowadays you can even look at um, theoretical quantum physics and they're explaining all the stuff that really happens in Tantra, Taoism, Buddhism in a quantum physics level. So you're now ending up with science validating all these things that went on for thousands of years. And it helped me a lot to even get into deeper understanding all this. But I remember back in the in the late nineties and the you know yeah, it was late nineties when I was with this one healing group and and you're we were getting into this deep study of Buddhism and they had this idea that there's a certain type of knowledge that you could download through the top of your head, you know, in, in chakras, or, you know, in tantra or whatever you want to describe. What you know, Ayurvedic mentions chakras. You can actually download energy into the top of your head through what we would call pineal gland, but what they call a crown chakra, and it's it's. They term it buddhic knowledge, instant knowledge, right? You have access to this instant knowledge. And then intuition, when you study it, we all think of it's a gut feeling. It's this feeling you have in your stomach when you don't think something's right or you think it's real right. But there's a higher one that's more centered in your forehead, which has to do with something they call the ajna, right? Mm -hmm. So that's more of a higher knowledge. It's not a, a, a feeling so much as an instant knowing, too. It can be a very... Uh, revealing type of information. And so if you can download that energy, where does that actually come from? And you know, when they teach that the whole universe, every answer to every problem or every um, issue going on in the world exists somewhere. The knowledge all exists somewhere. And well, if that's true, and you can download things instantly through your head, and if you have this experience, and I had so many experiences of just knowing certain things, working with people, and getting, you know, I was trying to figure out real complex issues and realize it's really a simple thing that I'm dealing with, right? But you get in your brain, you, you think everything's really complex, but it's not. And so then you get into, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to piece this all together. You get into theoretical quantum physics and they're explaining um, all your different energy bodies that you thought you only read about in metaphysics, right? So to kind of make bring this all down to what it is, is that, you know, even in the Bhagavad Gita, which is thousands of years old, they talk about your soul manifests a physical body to uh, experience life, right? And this is that goes back to the old New Age saying: we're not we're not physical beings; we're a spiritual being having a physical experience, right? Yeah. So you look at it. Well, in my mind, I'm thinking: well, have a really high intuition, and I know I do because I use it all the time. And if I my soul is basically expressing this um, physical body, and my soul is part of my energy body, um, and, and if you think about it. If you, if you go clear to the deep part of this, you know, like in theoretical quantum physics, you say the entire universe and yourself was created by consciousness, right? 
that's their word for God or your soul. They, they always call it consciousness because scientists have a real problem with the other words. So, but if you, if you look at all this information, and this is what I did one day. If you look at, well, if I have a soul that manifested this body, then my soul must have an anatomy too, right? So it has, and they describe it in, in the Bhagavad Gita and different things that are going on. And if that's part of how uh, I download information, right? Because these, these chakras that I was learning about in healing go out through all the layers of what are considered to be my energy body or soul body. If that goes out through that, um, and my soul is conscious of my physical body, why can I not be conscious of my soul and ask it to do things for me? Why can't? Why don't I have to wait for information to show up if I have access to this, and really it's my higher self running everything? Why can't I ask my higher self to give me some information that I need? And so one day I just did. I just sat down and I was in a meditation and I. Asked my higher soul to present Alzheimer's to me. Wow. And, and believe me, I started getting downloads of information at really weird times that, <laughs> that I just started kind of, you know, I always a little documented or something. And it wasn't like I said it and it showed up at that moment. What happened was that I would be reading something that I wouldn't even think was related to it. And I would get this. This, it was all. It was not a voice, but it was just like a. It was just like a direction saying, "Remember that Alzheimer's. Remember that Alzheimer's." And then I was reading Sports Illustrated one day about somebody with a concussion and they retired from football. And this was clear back, gosh, around the year two thousand three or something. And it just said, "Alzheimer's. Remember that." Alzheimer's, and I started reading things in just like Sports Illustrated. I'd be reading a, I'd be reading a newspaper, and it just, say, it would just say the same thing. Remember this, Alzheimer's, right? And so I started piecing all this information, and that's when I really broadened my whole approach to reading about Alzheimer's. I tried reading every single thing that I could possibly find about it to see what direction I would be told to, what to remember, what was pertinent, what made sense. And then I, I went through a phase where I thought I was going to have to learn cellular biology and know every single thing about the brain and how it worked. And that pretty much just took me so far away from what, in my opinion, was the reality of what's going on that I just quit doing it. That it didn't make sense because mine was more of a broad, energetic approach to what was going on. But it continuously went on to where I really developed a theory about what Alzheimer's was or how to treat it. And then one day, which was kind of like the culmination of all this, one day this was around, I would probably say around 2009 or so, somewhere in that area. Um, I didn't write it down as an exact date, but I was driving home one night from Chicago where I'd given a, a talk on nutrition and energetics and the theory of, of you know, the energy of the earth affecting cellular, um, your cellular um, evolution, like how the, it was part the, of cellular evolution. The and, geomagnetic and I, energy? 
yeah, the geomagnetic mm-hmm. energy, how if it was very interesting talk because I didn't prepare for this talk because when I got to Chicago, I had, some old friends called me that I hadn't seen in 10 or 12 years and we ended up just sitting around talking all night and I got up to go down to do my talk and I realized I didn't prepare for it at all. I had no idea what I was supposed to talk about <laughs> and I had two hours to fill, right? Yes. So I just did this thing where I just asked to give, you know, I just asked my higher self and just give me some information, right? Walked in and had one of the greatest talks I ever had in my life. Yes. About, about things that I really had never talked about before. Mm. And one of them was this idea that we not only resonate with the energy of the earth, uh, but because we've been in contact with it since we came into existence, it had to be part of your cellular evolution. Mm. So everything that changed in your system from a million years ago until today did it in the presence for most of that time in contact with that energy field. So if the energy field's not there, then you're basically it's, it's like a nutritional supplement. You're missing something. Your cells aren't going to resonate the same way. Like you're, you know, you're Chinese missing. medicine is, mm-hmm. is this way. They talk about no, go ahead. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say it's like you're missing like an electrical voltage, like a negative charge to your cells. Yeah, you're missing something that your cells normally would have with every function, so they can't be functioning at the level. You know, in China, the whole Chinese philosophy of health, man is just uh, in a position between heaven and earth. We walk around on the earth, and we have this earth energy, yet we're connected through our upper body and the energy field in that part of our system to the heavens. And our whole um, existence has to be this blend of these energies. And so I gave this talk and, and related it to just everyday health issues and had a great time. It was one of those talks where when you get done after a couple hours, even though physically it takes a lot of energy, you're just high. It's it's a high you can't really describe because it was almost like you're just downloading and giving out information. So, But anyway, I was driving home from Chicago and uh, (laughs) because I lived in a part of Ohio that had no health food stores, I had to drive. If I wanted to go to a health food store, I had to drive to Ann Arbor, which was 80 miles from my house. So um, I made a swing through Michigan instead of coming the lower route. And I was going to Ann Arbor, and it was nighttime now. It was really dark out. I was kicked back in the seat of the car by myself, driving down this four lane highway with it snowing like crazy out. And, and listening to some music and and just re, totally relaxed because you know how you, you can do that sometimes when you drive you just totally physically you go disconnect. on auto, you got a finger on the steering wheel about it <laughs> that's pretty remarkable actually that we're capable of operating machinery like a car and we can completely detach from from awareness oh yeah you know it was a perfect situation the snow was coming down and I was driving down the trail there was nobody on it practically it was highway 94 across Michigan and I just started thinking about the Alzheimer's and I just had this thought and I just said show me Alzheimer's mm. I just thought that uh, you know I didn't say that I just thought that and I had one of the wildest experiences in my life Instantly, outside my windshield appeared like a movie screen, 
And I can only describe it as being about five by five. It was like a movie was projected on a screen outside of my windshield. You know, this is nighttime, and I'm driving in the snow, right? And, and uh, it just appeared outside my windshield, and it showed me the human body in luminous form and all the different avenues by which energy moves throughout the whole body and the brain, clear down to cellular level. And looking at all these translucent blues and silvers and how things are moving through pathways and cells, and basically it was showing me my theory on Alzheimer's and how to correct it on an energetic level. And I'm just watching this, and, I, and I'm just in awe, right? <laughs> it's, I don't know how to describe this because, you know, the, I wasn't taking anything that would put me in an altered state. I was on TNT and eating a little bit of chocolate, and that was about <laughs> it, right? I was looking out my window, and, and here it is. And so I'm watching this, and it's just, just uh, I, it's really hard to describe how this whole thing is just showing me, even moving through energy moving through microtubules tubules in the cells, and it was, it was this incredible picture, and the next thing that happened was my car started sliding sideways, and all of a sudden I looked out the window, and I'm going 80 mile an hour, and I'm not really going straight I'm going down the road, and I had to correct the whole car and get it back under control and, and pull off side of the road, because I almost just lost it, right? But um, it's truly hard to watch a picture like that <laughs> and drive. <laughs> so, so I ended up pulling over to a restaurant just to kind of assimilate what I just what just happened to me. I had made a expression to be shown something, and it was just presented to me instantaneously. Now, it had, in my mind, it was because of being in this state of complete relaxed. Um, you know, awareness to where you almost set your physical self off to the side and you're just barely there. And it, when I made this expression, my soul just showed me what I wanted, what I needed to see. And so it was one of the two most like mystical experiences I've ever had in my life. And so that kind of showed me that I was really on the right track with all these things with brain and that we're not just physical beings, we're energetic and have to be able to blend the two together to really have a the, the easiest way to have a positive outcome and everything. Mm. And so, you know, and then I started studying things, you know, the quantum physics, theoretical quantum physics, and how that all, you know, it's the same, it's the same theory, and, and then starting to look at Chinese medicine in a different way, and, and even Ayurvedic, and and Tantra and Taoism, they're all talking about luminous body and how these medicines you know, interact. And, I mean, it's just a deeper subject than thinking about Chinese medicine as something that they put needles in the world. It's, it's connecting you with the field around you that brings you into the best state of health. And, and this is kind of where I got the, the idea to do the talk on homeostasis of the soul because you're really... Um, your physical body has to interact with your luminous body to have its greatest state of health because that's where all the blueprints are on how everything works, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of think of it as a, you know, a, a blueprint or the design for everything. It's just outside your physical body. 
your physical body follows that to a point, and if it doesn't, then you're under-functioning at some level. And, and you know, you really look at that, then this is where stress comes in. Stress is the thing that disconnects you from everything else. And you, you know, you're talking about cognitive things. Stress turns off certain parts of your brain that include your intuition, your creativity, your higher thought, and just drops you down into survival. Yeah. So the actual stress response shuts you off from your higher thinking, but it's also, and that's because that higher thinking has to do more with your energy potential, which is outside yourself. And so this, again, winds me back into stress and winds me back into looking at um, even looking at things like Alzheimer's and CTE on a different level than just thinking, well, you got to take a chemical to fix something. Well, that's true. You have to fix it on a physical level, but unless you connect it to the other parts of what your energetic potential is, it can only do so much. You have to have this balance of things. You're never going to make it to where you want to go. Right. It's kind of like when people say... Um no matter what kind of food you're eating, never eat on a grumpy stomach. Or I guess maybe that's my own thing, but you know what I mean. Like, don't don't eat when you're agitated or you're stressed out because assimilation, digestion are not going to work as well, even if you're eating the healthiest stuff. Yeah, it's not, you know, because if you look at the, the different ways they explain in that, you know, if you look at it through nutrition and Western medicine, well, they know that you lose half of your digestive energy when you're stressed out. So you're not going to digest your food much. Well, on a, a more esoteric or spiritual level, basically that, that organ system, you've now shut off different signals through your glandular system, disconnects from the energy field that surrounds that, and so it can't figure out how to do all these things. Right. You know, because it, it doesn't have a blueprint to follow. It still functions somewhat, but during a stress response, your body doesn't expect you to be eating anyway. You're supposed to be fighting someone and running away. So why would you want to be eating food and digesting something? It's, it's just opposite thing going on, right? Mm-hmm. So it's only when you relax and your entire body engages again and everything opens up into your brain that you connect to your you could call it. You could call it your soul. You could call it your luminous body. You could just call it your energy potential, which is a lot safer thing to say for most people, because your potential is around you at all times and exists at all times. But it's not very easy to tap into that unless you're very clear and relaxed to a point where you're not shutting off the upper aspect of your brain and just being engaged in survival. Mm, I think that's really important for people just to hear that term of survival and to know that um, when you are in a state of uh, hyper stress, you know, you're basically restricting blood flow to certain aspects or certain areas of the body that things aren't going to work as as well. And from from the from the uh, the energetic perspective, you're just not going to feel prosperous. You're not going to feel supported. So I, I notice with a lot of people, um, what I'm I'm experiencing right now with a number of people. It's interesting. I don't know if it's cosmologically and astrologically things are happening right now in the airwaves, but I'm noticing this pattern of people in their stress responses where 
they're getting really stressed or agitated and they're they're unable in the moment to come from their higher perspective they're i'm noticing literally them being brought down to their smaller mind which i think you so brilliantly just stated as their survival mode it's as if they're surviving even though they may be living in a big house and they have really no issues comparatively to most people in the world and yet they are acting as if um, everything around them is falling apart. Yes, yes, and that's all. That's all what the stress response creates in them energetically. They're shut off from their potential. Think about that. just kind of look at the stress response itself. It really involves your adrenals, hypothalamus, pituitary. Uh, your pituitary is really important in this whole stress response thing because once you have a stress response and you get into survival mode, just like these people. Basically, your adrenals are turned on way too much and way too often. And then your pituitary gland energetically shuts down. Once that shuts down, because you've been locked in this survival mode all the time, your brain drops down just into the stress response, which is a lower part survival part of your brain. So all you can really think about is survival. How can I, you know, get it over the next person to come out of this situation better. You don't have a higher thought because the whole frontal lobe of your brain just got shut off. Mm. Now, and so if the frontal lobe of your brain is shut off, that's where your higher will is, that's where your intuition is, your creativity, your enjoyment, all these things are involved with the frontal lobe. And then esoterically, that's really the center you want to open up when you're meditating, because that's your connection to your higher self, is yes. the the lobe, top of your head. But those are all completely shut off because you're locked into the stress response. Mm. And so, and so you can't. You, you'd be really hard to have an uplifting thought <laughs> if you're stuck in that mode energetically because you're not even connecting to your own energy potential at that moment. Right. You got to have something happen to bring you out of it to see the bigger picture. I, I feel like um, this is the you know it's interesting as you were explaining before asking a question you know for in terms of like um, receiving information about Alzheimer's and then making yourself to be an available conduit, creating the space for the right insights to come to you. It's interesting how certain timing has so much to do with these things because as I'm listening to you, uh, and I hope this is the case for people listening um, as well, is that this is exactly what I needed to hear at this particular moment in time. <laughs> well, you know, you know, this is this is all fascinating to me because you know, I, I when I got into Chinese herbology, I had just had this experience, and it's been now. 20, 60 years, and I'm still looking at that experience and dealing with it every single day. Wow. And it's all part of this process of understanding on a deeper level all these things that, you know, they talk about in Taoism and, and Ayurvedic and Tantra and Buddhism. I mean, they're all talking about the same exact thing. They even talk about the same exact thing in Christianity. It's just a little harder to, to, to pull it out of the way it's presented, but it's you know, we have a higher self, higher purpose. How are we connected to that? There's got to be some way to, to explain it as opposed to just general terms. It's, it's just we're not looking at it in a way that 
um, it needs to be to to explain it to other people. But you know, I do it through stress response because when you realize that the stress response shuts off the very things you want to achieve during uh, meditation, mm-hmm. then you know it's disconnecting you from yourself, your higher self. And so anything you can do to get out of that stress response, which connects you back into your higher self, connects you to your potential. Okay, we are back. We just kind of got cut off a little bit with our Skype connection, but we're back on. And the question I want to I want to kind of transition with you from where we just left off, diving into diving into really activating our brain potential, both from like the more practical aspect and also a little bit more of the ethereal, esoteric, energetic perspective, which I love. The next question I want to ask you is based on an article that I saw from you many months ago, which was really fascinating about this idea that Alzheimer's is being considered a form of type 3 diabetes. I would love for you to share your insights on that. Well, when you look at the fact that insulin resistance is affecting, gosh, they might say upwards of two-thirds of the population, and that same um, insulin resistance happens to your brain cells. We all think that our brain just, you know, we all know that, you know, the theory is it only runs on glucose, right? Right. Well, if you become insulin resistant, then even your brain cells are not taking up the type of fuel it needs to run its processes. Now, if you want to test that theory, this is why you'll see in the health food markets now they'll tell you that coconut oil is great for your brain or MCT oil works mm. for your brain. Yep. If you take that product by itself on an empty stomach – and you get a great response from it in your brain, it pretty much shows that your brain is not having access to normal um, pathways of making energy, which is from glucose. So long term, what does diabetes do, the whole insulin resistance thing? It creates incredible amounts of inflammation. So you have inflammation all over your body due to elevated um, glucose and elevated um, insulin and so that inflammation just deteriorates your brain and when you add that to all the other sources of inflammation you get it's kind of adding fuel to the fire so to speak you know inflammation is fire and in specific areas of your body and so the insulin resistance or the you know type 3 diabetes is basically that's where they come up with the theory that alzheimer's is related to it because it's part of the puzzle Mm. You know, Alzheimer's can be related to, and it is related to dozens of things, but when you throw in the inflammation from diabetes or, or insulin resistance, so to speak, um, then you're accelerating the damage from every other reason that you might be having brain problems. Mm. Yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting thing. I so I'm curious what maybe your perspectives are on this idea that our brain runs primarily on glucose because now there's so many different kind of theories on on that involving like ketogenic type of diets, um, fasting from um, glycogen essentially, burning through our our backup supply of of sugar over time, and then going right into 
ketosis. I'm curious what what are your what do you think about that when it comes to like long long time sh- low sugar type of diets? Like do you feel like those can kind of go off the deep end or there's like a happy medium to that? Well, well they can all go off the deep end. <laughs> there's not a single diet that hasn't gone off the deep end. Yeah. But the thing about ketogenic diet is that it's pretty much came about as a therapeutic diet, meaning that it was for things like epilepsy, mm-hmm. seizures, cancer. And for those things, it's really an amazing diet, but you have to go fully into it. Right. You can't just be skirting around with it and not really getting into what they call the glucose ketone index balance, which I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you have to have your blood sugar at a certain level your ketones at a certain level so that in the equation, your glucose ketone index is at a number one. Mm, okay. What that basically translates to is that you have to get your glucose down to 70, you know, to a reading of 70, and then you divide that by 18, which gives you a number, and then which basically means when you divide that number by your ketone, which should be around four, then you'll come out with an index of one. So you're looking at 70 blood sugar, maybe 72, and then a level of ketones of four puts you right into the zone of one on the mix. And so that basically puts you in a space to where theoretically um, cancer cells are starving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And But a lot of people play around with it and don't fully go into it. And so, but again, that I think to fully go into it, you only need to do that basically if you're um, someone with cancer or you're someone with an incredible amount of seizures that medication doesn't work on or you have epilepsy and then it all kind of patterns out. But then there's a, just a nutritional ketosis, which is more like the eat fat, get thin diet by Dr. Hyman, right? which see a propound, you know, a lot more fat less protein, less carbohydrates, and you burn fat for fuel, but you also have reserves of glucose there. Mm -hmm. So it's all depending on the degrees you want to get into. And as far as your brain, yes, it does run on glucose. Your entire body does because we're set up to do that um, by our modern diet. But you still have the ability to switch that over, which is what ketosis is. You're switching your body's metabolism from glucose to ketones. Mm-hmm. You have to go through a little process to do that, depending on how messed up your diet is at the beginning. Um, you can transition over into that within a couple of days. And mm-hmm. once you do that, it just depends on the level that you want to stay at it. But it is true, your brain runs on glucose unless you flip the switch. Yeah, there's so many interesting perspectives on this particular idea. And I think there's a lot of confusion because there's so many different kind of packages um, of all the different diet ideas out there. And so a lot of people I find get very kind of um, hung up on one approach or another approach. And there's a lot of a conf- confusion even around this idea of like ketogenic diets because like everything in the industry um, – it's just like it just gets packaged so many different ways that it's like, okay, I, it's almost hard to know which direction to go or what's going to be ideal for someone in a specific circumstance. Well, you know, 
I've been on the ketogenic diet for about six months. Okay. And I honestly think that if you don't have a real health issue and you're not, you know, a lot of athletes are even trying it now, but if you don't have a specific extreme health issue, I don't know why you'd want to stay on it very long because mm-hmm. it's so much easier just to eat really good food. <laughs> worry about it. Because most people's problem is not that they're eating too many carbs or not enough fat. It's just that they're eating such poor sources of everything. Mm, that's so the reality great. is if you don't have cancer and you don't have all these other things, you're probably it's much easier to go through life just eating really good whole food. Wow, what a great what a great insight. How 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 fantastic is that? Like just eat better food, right? Yeah, eat better food. I mean that what like so I I feel like in so many ways like the answer to most people's issues from a from an Occam's razor perspective, which is just usually the simplest the simplest solution is usually the right one. Um, is like, let's drink more water. Let's drink the best water possible. Let's get more sleep. Let's eat better food. Let's think better thoughts. Um, and then things tend to work themselves out from there, right? Right. You know, a lot of people don't attempt to do that before they go into some extreme thing, but you know, America is a land of extremes anyway. That's what we, we're kind of an extreme country. Yeah. You notice there's a lot of websites that get great traffic are the ones that are really extreme about something. Mm. So people feel that they're part of a tribe or a club by belonging to it, and they're the only ones that really know that they're right. That's right. <laughs> so, so that's how you attract a lot of people. It's just the way America is. We love that extreme stuff. Mm. That's a great observation. Um. Wow. So let's pivot on let's pivot on this a little bit because I, I just had a, a thought that I was curious to get your your thoughts on. I'm sipping on a little herbal cacao tonic right now, and I have four herbs in it that I just wanted to get your take on for whatever reason, just kind of sure. seemingly random, but it'll be interesting just to get your, your feedback on these. So these four herbs that I that I have in this tonic are reishi mushroom, which is really just a fan favorite. It's definitely my favorite herb of all time. Um, there is agaricus blazi, there is hoshu wu, and then there's cordyceps. And... I love all of these herbs for many different reasons, um, but I'd love to maybe get a quick, like, uh, uh, you know, for, for everyone listening and for myself, just kind of get a quick uh, rundown on what your feelings on those herbs are. Well, that drink you're having, um, you could probably, you know, if you were classifying it in Chinese medicine, you have agaricus blazii, which is a more of a medicinal mushroom, mm-hmm. but it's great for your immune system, building natural killer cells, things like that. Um, Cordyceps is a mushroom, but it's a very restorative adrenal mushroom. And it's good for your immune system, but it's very restorative, especially if you're having any type of like weak uh, reproductive energy, kidney adrenal energy. Mm. Uh, It's also famous for increasing lung function. So it's really good for anybody that's asthmatic and has some sort of adrenal issue going on. There's a theory in Chinese medicine that your adrenals grasp 
your lung energy and pull it down. So your ability to take inhales is related to cordyceps. And this is why cordyceps is often put into formulas for athletes because it helps them to take deeper, stronger inhalation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, cordyceps is an amazing herb. Hosho Wu, again, is also one of the most famous tonic herbs in all the Chinese herbology. It's, it's got some of the greatest stories of restoring your life force, your kidney, adrenal, reproductive energy. You know, the word for it, Hosho Wu, means hose black hair, mm-hmm. which is related to a guy who used to be very weak and worn out, and he discovered that herb and drank it, and his hair went back to natural color, and he started having kids, found a girlfriend, you know, so it's a pretty <laughs> herb, you know, so, so that's Hosho Wu, and it is, it's a really amazing blood-building, restorative fertility herb, one of the great fertility herbs for men that you could ever take, right, for increasing sperm count, mm-hmm. but then my favorite, like everybody else, is reishi mushroom, you know, I have a, a special... A love for that mushroom. It was probably the second herb that I've ever taken that I felt something from. And it was life-changing for me. I mean, literally, I was walking down the street and God spoke to me. So <laughs> it kind of puts it up there on a pedestal as one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. Since it never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so and it was just life-changing. Life has never been the same. I based my whole you know, my whole life, my whole business is based around that experience, mm. that it can be so opening and so um, triggering to transformation, so to speak. Mm. And so reishi mushroom is a very special thing. And, you know, the reason I became an herbalist was to figure out why that actually happened to me. And it took me a good five years to, you know, I got an idea why it happened in the first few months, but it took me a good five years to figure it out. And it seems like every, you know, year or so I I get deeper into understanding the whole reality of why that happened. But uh, I don't know if I'll ever be satisfied with (laughs) why that happened, but it did happen. And so everything I do is, is based on that. Mm. So reishi is an amazing substance to me, and I've had just so many experiences with other people who have had experiences taking it. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely, I completely agree, and my experience is very much the same. Reishi mushroom is really kind of the the apple of my eye, so to speak, when it comes to all herbs. And then everything else kind of trickles from that. I feel like it's like the quintessential guardian of Chinese herbalism, at least as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. It's, it's quite amazing in the cascade of effects it can trigger in your system. In fact, when I, was be- when I was first working at the herb store I was at, we used to try and slip a bottle of reishi into every program. Mm-hmm. That- people on because back in the back in the 90s you know people never wanted to admit that they were stressed out you know it's <laughs> kind of like today today it's like it's it's like you're joining the biggest club in the world stressed <laughs> out right yes and everybody has stress but you know back then it was like you were insulting people by telling them they were stressed or that anything they had going on was related to stress. So mm. most of the time you didn't bring it up and you just kind of stuck reishi in there as an immune system tonic. But most of the time the people would come back in two or three weeks after having consumed their whole program 
And they were so much better because they were so less stressed. And half of their symptoms they forgot they actually had. They just went away because they weren't stressed anymore. And this is the thing about stress. Half your health problems don't really exist except for when you're in the stress state. That right there, Roger, is an incredible insight. And that, I think, I was kind of, what was coming up in me was leaning into that concept. And you just brought it up. Like, I would love to kind of explore that for the next five or ten minutes if we can. When you relax, most of your stuff goes away. Right. It's so funny. I'll tell you, back in, God, where was it? Back in the early 90s, um, I went on a vacation to Costa Rica. And at the time, I was living, you know, living in L.A., traffic, stress, all this stuff. And uh, I would get, half the time I eat eggs, I get a headache Mm -hmm. because I realize I'm allergic to eggs, you know. They just, because eggs are pretty heavy, they overburden your liver, which is involved in the stress and all those things. And so, but I noticed when I was in Costa Rica laying on the beach, I could eat eggs all day long and I never got a headache. (laughs) Interesting. Because my body was processing everything so easily because I wasn't stressed out. You know, in stress, what does it do? It affects your nervous system, which is what they call liver in Chinese medicine. And then your liver is so tense in your nervous system that you can't process the food you're eating. So if you're eating anything that's a little heavier than normal, like an egg because it's fat, has to be processed, uh, then your liver can't handle it. So it backs up energetically and you get shoulder and neck tension and you end up with a headache. Mm. Which never happens on the beach, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. So in, so in, a, in, another, in another way, like really working on the, the treasure from the Chinese perspective of the three treasures, the treasure of Shen, it, it seems to me that that is really the ultimate goal or kind of um, direction of any great herbalist or medicine practitioner or anyone really that's on the health and vitality path. It's like this radiance of our of our kind of like glow or personality um, in a in a very in a very kind of practical modern sense like what you're saying right now to me pretty much says exactly the same thing which is like the absence of shen is basically like chronic stress chronic stress and you know it's it's kind of funny how it all interrelates but like with most people unless they have chronic fatigue or their body's completely worn out then a lot of their programs should just be about shen, about stress. Mm-hmm. Because, but you, you know, but someone with chronic fatigue, even though you can have amazing stress, mo- you know, shen moments like I did with God speaking to me going down the street, I still was completely worn out and had to restore my glandular energy and all these other issues. But mm-hmm. the shen experience gave me the idea that it could all happen and to see the bigger picture of it. Oh. But, you know, but. Reishi is the ultimate, what they call essence tonic. You know, in in Chinese medicine, they throw the word essence around a lot. You know, an essence is often talked about as being your jing energy, your life force, Mm, and, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that. But deeper than that, still, the essence of who you really are is is a spiritual being. It's not a substance, right? (laughs) Is the light that you basically are so reishi to me is the ultimate essence Mm. 
And because of, you know, it affects or it, it opens you up to experience so much. And it also, it, you know, it triggers your heart chakra. It trigger, triggers the two main chakras in your brain, which is the Ajna and the, and the crown chakra. And so it has such a powerful effect on the whole, say, circulation of the energy that allows you to tap into your higher self. You know, and that, that's getting into more chakra-type language, which they don't talk about so much in Taoism or Chinese medicine. But the reality is, is that they deal with all that. It's just a different language than, you know, like, say, Ayurvedic, which has that tantric issue of talking about chakras all the time and the nadis and all that different thing. Well, the Taoists mm-hmm. talked about it in a different way. They talked about the microcosmic orbit, which is the orbit that all your chakras um, are connected to anyway. So, and it's all about, it's really, it's all about opening up to levels of your energy that you don't normally open up to. And then that has the ability to transform how you see everything. Mm. Wow, that's beautiful. So, in concluding, what is like a what is a um, an insight that you could share with all of us to leave us off on this incredible conversation? Well, it's very fascinating because you know the the deeper you get into um, all the different esoteric studies about your energy body, your soul work, your health, um, it's it's all to me it's almost like looking at different aspects of your health and trying to read about it and I don't know how to put this in several different languages you know you like I mentioned tantric tantric talks about nadis and your energy body and, and chakras and in Taoism and Chinese medicine it's more about organ system balance and and then you you know they're heavily on the herbs and different things. And you look at, you know, metaphysics, they talk about different aspects of your aura and energy. It's all really getting back to the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. It's all, you can't do anything that's not good for you spiritually that wouldn't be good for your physical health. Mm -hmm. Because physical body is just reacting to your mental, emotional state at at all times. You know, one of the, one of the great things I always like to tell people, because hardly anybody's seen, remembers this movie, but you remember the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that I took away from that movie that I remembered so well was the fact that they saw a cell, and they could tell that the pathways into that cell that carried nutrition into it disappeared when somebody was in, stressed out. Right, I do remember really that. Here, yeah. when they were relaxed. <laughs> so, so how now? If you're just thinking that you're a physical body, that's impossible. Wow! Because if you're a physical body, that physical function would be happening all the time. It's not related to anything. It's a physical function. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what if all your physical functions are just related to the energy field around you? And that your body is just the only way you have of registering what's going on in your energy field. So in other words, in other words, everything that's going on in your physical body is just a 
representation of your energy field at that moment. And so it kind of changes the way that you want to treat almost everything that you're treating that you think of is an imbalance in your physical body, that you can't just look at it as treating it with vitamins and different aspects that you know you can get at a health food store, changing your diet or whatever it is. You have to treat what we just referred to as your Shen aspect mm. because it's through the relaxation that your physical body hooks back up into that energy field anyway. So, so part of any program of getting healthier has to include how you um, shut off the stress response the HPA axis, you know, shut that down to, so it goes back into normal function because when it goes back into normal function, your body starts responding again to its energy field. And your energy field is where you hold all your potential. It's not in your brain, mm-hmm. not in anything else that you have. Your potential is in the energy fields that surround you. Mm-hmm. And that's why everyone has the potential to become fully enlightened or to become a living Buddha because that potential is in their energy field somewhere. Mm. That's, that's an incredible insight. And we don't tap into it just in the physical body, but it's in the, it's in the energetic bio field emanating from the body or surrounding the body. However, that, that whole thing exists, it's, it's, it feels like it's, it's really the insight for me is that it's, it's a field, it's a unified field that is woven into the fabric of life. Therefore, how I affect my surroundings, my environment, animals, people, myself, like it's all interrelated. So it's not even just about me hurting myself or, or somebody hurting themselves through any kind of in out of alignment activity, but it also hurts the system when we're stressing ourselves out. It actually hurts the, the the holographic system, if you will. Yeah, you can't be who you are if you're stressed out. You just can't. Wow. Because once you get really stressed and involved in the stress response, your heart chakra shrinks, right? Once your heart chakra shrinks, the chakras in your brain shrink down to hardly anything right <laughs> so your ajna and your crown close when your heart closes mm. and so your brain just drops down into stress response and then you're just locked there you have no way of having a, a different view of what's going on unless you just finally give up and surrender and once that happens your heart pops open again your whole head pops open again and you get a, an immediate insight into what's going on Right, mm, mm. the act of surrender, which popped open your heart again, where you just gave up and and just <laughs> asked for help from yeah. a higher power, <laughs> then your whole energy body just pops back on again because mm. what is that doing? It's it, you're acknowledging that you're not in control, mm. and there's a higher power, there's a higher system somewhere out there that you need to tap into, and you can at any moment. Mm. So it's it's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation with me and with all of us. And where can everybody find more about your work? Um, they can find me at herbworks.com, which is H-E-R-B-W-O-R-K-S.com. And that's where I 
reside. You can contact me through that website, and that's where I market my anti-stress transformational products. Mm, Awesome. And then you also have a lot of uh, free information like YouTube videos and stuff like that, articles that people should be aware of so they can go deeper into that as well. Yes. And uh, like I say, they can contact me through the site if they have specific things they want to talk about or just want to message me or something. But the HerbWorks has a, a contact to my blog. And so there's all kinds of information they can get off that site. Cool. So herbworks.com. Yes. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed this conversation. All right. Thank you.